Welcome back to another episode of the Born Again Again podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Joe. And today is episode 50, actually, so that's kind of exciting. It's been a long time coming, and uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I guess numbers don't really matter, but 50 seems like a nice uh, round number. It does. And it's a, it's a good reason to celebrate. That's so today true. we're celebrating episode 50. Um, we all hope that you guys had a lovely Christmas and New Year's, um, and at least enjoyed like the change of pace that the holidays tend to bring. Um, we personally, we enjoyed having a few weeks of just resting and kind of changing pace a little bit. We baked a cookies. lot of bunt cakes. We baked, <laughs> baked several bunt cakes, played a lot of Harry Potter video games. Uh, yeah, chilled out. It was, it was a nice change of pace after kind of just like the monotony of last year. And yeah, we hope the same thing for you guys. Today's episode is about something that we've been thinking about a lot over the past year. Um, and it's something I think that's really pertinent for people like us, like who've left religion and who've kind of had the courage to like majorly change the way that we think. Um, hopefully in the next week, like here in the US, hopefully in the next week, things will be chilling out a bit politically. I guess maybe that's a bit of an optimistic view that things are just going to be like totally chill after the inauguration. <laughs> but we're hoping that things chill out a little bit. But but I think that the the topic of this podcast is something that can apply to politics and religion and social issues and basically just really anything that has like opposing sides. All the tough topics that you wouldn't want to talk about with family. Um, that's kind of like what this episode is about. It's and it's the idea of seeing ourselves in the other um, and especially seeing ourselves in the people that we disagree with the most. So as people who've changed like a significant worldview shaping belief, I kind of think that we have a bit of a unique perspective. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I feel like it's hard for me to look at people and I, I'm not going to say it's hard to judge because I still judge people, but it's like, it's kind of hard to be like, wow, like really like extreme on a point because I know that I was so extreme in something and I just kind of want to go through life a little bit more cautiously. Yeah. And also I think it's hard to judge people if they are in a place that you were once in, like, it's hard to say, Hey, like you're dumb because it's like, I was, I was there at one point. <laughs> I was also dumb at one point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not dumb, but just like, I was there at one point and that was part of my life. That was part of my story. And like, it doesn't mean that you're going to be that way forever. Yeah, totally. And I mean, that's the way we've talked about relating to Christians and that's the way we've tried to like relate to our families and stuff. And, and I feel like kind of that mindset has helped us not be too like judgmental or negative or like think, like think too badly of people who are currently Christians, because no matter how ridiculous we think their beliefs might be, like, we also totally believed that at one point, you know, and when we did believe it, it's not like we were just dumb, or it's not like we like, I don't know, nothing like really fundamentally changed. We were intelligent people, but we had just happened to like go through a series of events that led us to be a person who'd believe in Christianity. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I totally feel that. Um, I, th I think that it's like a really, really unique opportunity we have. Cause I, I mean, obviously I'm just, I only have my own experience, but I don't think that many people have these types of like huge belief shifts in their life that like fundamentally change the way that they see the world. You don't you know? think so? 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't I just know don't either. know. You know, I, I mean, obviously we went through it with religion. I think it's like probably fairly uncommon for someone to change a religion. Uh, at least like in the circles we ran in, like mm-hmm. people were lifetime Christians, yeah. you know, again, like this is all just from our perspective. Yeah. So like, we don't have a, a ton of experience here, you know, but like in terms of people I've met and people I've talked to and, and the people I've had relationships with in my life, like, I don't know many people who've left religion for one, or like really changed their mind on on something that's that big of a scale. Mm-hmm. So like all that being said, I think that us as ex-Christians or people who've left the church or like deconstructed our faith, we have a unique perspective. And I think like we really should capitalize on that. You know, I think we really should feel good about that. We should kind of take advantage of the unique perspective we have. Um, And that perspective is the ability to basically empathize with people who believe crazy things, I guess is a way to put it. There's probably a better way to put it. But but I, I do think that we kind of have the ability to understand people who believe something crazy. Because at least for me, like, I kind of I think that what I used to believe, I now consider that crazy. Well, like especially I, just the type of maybe the type of Christianity we were into. Yeah, like I believed in essentially magic. And do you, you believe in magic? Three years ago? Yes. <laughs> and still now in a different way, I suppose. <laughs> But yeah, I, I kind of think what the way I used to live, the way I used to look at the world seems like crazy to me now, you know? Mm-hmm. And hopefully we keep continuing to look back and say, wow, I was crazy then. I probably. Because that's the only will. way to live. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the only way we know how to live now is constantly thinking our paths are insane. No. Um, so anyways, I, I think that like our tendency now at this point is as people who've kind of left a worldview or left like a comfortable team, like the Christian team, so to speak, I think that the tendency can be to try to want to find a new team. Like we kind of left like the, the lame like church group and now we want to like kind of fit into a new group. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that could mean a lot of different things. I mean, I think that could mean you're like, you used to be a Republican and now that you're not Christian, now you're fitting in with the Democrats and like, that feels good to be, to call yourself a Democrat. Cause like in your mind now it's like, Oh, I'm right. Like I'm on the right team again. Mm-hmm. And it feels good to be on the right team. And I'm like doing that in quotes. You could say that about being like more progressive or maybe now that you are a mask wearer, like you think you're on the right team and you have the right beliefs, you know? Um, I don't think that like those beliefs are necessarily damaging. Like I think calling yourself a Democrat isn't like a damaging doesn't have to be a damaging or like bad thing at all. Um, and, and like personally, I align with many of the things I just mentioned. Like, I think I'm democratic and progressive and I wear a mask and all that, you know, like I, and I agree with those things and I agree with the people who are like proponents of those things. Um, but I think that those, those like teams, those beliefs can become something else when it kind of shifts into like a camp that you subtly use to separate yourself from them in mm-hmm. quotes. You know, when you start to see yourself as like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a Democrat and I'm not like those Republicans or I'm a Biden supporter. And I'm, I would never be like those Trump supporters. It kind of shifts from just being like, Oh, this is my opinion about this thing based on the knowledge that I've learned to this is part of my identity now. And this is who I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. And I know we've, we've talked about it a bit in the past about like, kind of trying to keep your identity small. Um, 
And I think that's similar to this too. Like it's, it's a tendency to want to fall into some group or into a camp or into a belief because it feels more secure to like it's, be a part of, it's easy. It's easier be a part of something. Yeah. Like it's easier to like be, let someone else define you mm-hmm. because they've already laid out the requirements. Yeah. That actually is a I good mean, way to think about it. I mean, that's what we wanted in Christianity. It's an answer to all of our questions. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this? You feel this. How do you think about this social issue you think this yeah and i mean it's the same with any kind of group they're like they've already lined out how you you should think and behave and what you should do and it's easier to just fall in line yeah that's a good point actually yeah it's like it's hard to think for yourself because that doesn't always end up giving you concrete answers Mm -hmm. it's not like sometimes when people are like you're a sheep, think for yourself. What they mean is come to my side. I already have my <laughs> rules laid out right. for you. But like sometimes if you're thinking for yourself, you end up in some kind of nebula and mm-hmm. you're kind of alone yeah. and it sucks. Or you, you don't want to be ostracized yeah. in, from any group. Yeah. Or you feel alone. Yeah. I think we've experienced that in this last year on many different fronts is that if you aren't like a strong proponent of one particular argument, like specifically like talking about something online, if you're not like a strong proponent of one particular opinion or one particular thought about something that you do feel totally alone. Because I think like the position of, um, you know, I don't know all the answers. I have my thoughts about this, but I have reservations about this piece. And I have, you know, this belief, but I also think it's kind of counteracted by this and everything kind of weighing everything like, evenly holding everything in this kind of loose place and trying to sort everything out for yourself. It's hard to express that in like an Instagram caption or in a 160 character tweet or whatever it is now. And it's, I feel even weird talking about it now because I didn't know what we were going to be talking about today in this podcast because Joe just kind of set up everything and he was like, all right, just come have a conversation with me, (laughs) which is actually my favorite way to do podcasts. Mm -hmm. But it's weird talking about because it's weird talking about what you believe nowadays, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's weird talking about how it, it's hard to share any kind of like ambiguity or subtlety. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's very, it's like the media and the way that we live our lives right now being like so fo- focused on social media and the internet and like headlines and stuff, everything feels very black and white again. And like, if you don't align with these black and white principles, then it becomes really hard to feel like you have any any voice or any say or that it feels hard to believe that there's anybody else who feels the same as you because from the outside it looks like the entire world is divided into these camps two. into these two opposing forces it's always two it's always like you're either religious or you're not yeah. you're either spiritual or you're not you're mm-hmm. either progressive or you're not you're either conservative or you're not you know like i don't even know there's so many others you yeah. either are for abortion or you're not or it's, you're like anti-vax or you're pro-vax or anti-mask yeah. or pro mask or you know it's it's really anything it does it feels like everything gets condensed overly condensed into these overly simplistic camps i think yeah i feel like because of going through religion for me especially i hated so much when everybody when i felt like i was constrained to a box and i needed to think these things Mm -hmm. and i feel like i notice it so much now and i'm my tendency with things is to like if someone's pushing me to do something it's for me to like step back and it's like if you're so pushy that's a red flag for me yeah and so like (laughs) when people push me I just remove myself from the situation. I don't know if that's a very good coping mechanism, but like it's just what I have done in the past and what I tend to do. Well, I think it's like really important to 
in those cases to like connect with yourself and like really have a good think about it and figure out like absolutely for yourself, where do you stand on these things? Like what is ethical to you? What's moral to you? What's right to you? What's wrong to you? You know? And I think like it too, it's like, okay, if you don't tell everyone what you think and come I, up with actually yeah. maybe better. Yeah. I, I sometimes feel like there's not enough of people just keeping their opinions to themselves and doing good from those opinions. Right. It seems like everybody just wants to talk about their opinions so that you know that they're a good person, but then I don't really know like what they do, so I can't judge them. But it just seems like it I feel like lately on the internet I'm back in Christianity again and everybody's like, Look how good I am. Mm-hmm. Look yeah. how like much I'm doing, like for God or like for my God now. Yeah, you right. know, it's strange I like we were talking about the other day that everybody seems very self-righteous and I know that it's a judgment on my part, but it just feels like that's what Christianity was to me. Everybody talking about like how good their walk was with God and like how much they read their Bible and how long their quiet time was. (laughs) And it just kind of sometimes feels like that, especially on my version of social media. Definitely. Yeah. So all that being said, I think like an approach we've, tried to hold like this whole year is to try to kind of hold things loosely, hold things in both hands, like try to see the bigger picture, try to understand like the humanity that's coming into play in all of these issues. Um, and it's, it's something I've noticed with myself over and over again is like, I already mentioned the tendency to want to kind of fit into one of the two camps because it's in my experience, it feels much more comfortable to be able to just slip down to either side of an argument and like join in to one of the sides, join into one of the camps and become kind of another part of the group, so to speak. It feels familiar to me. It feels comfortable. It feels like I have like people around me supporting me. You know, it feels good to be a part of the group. There's no denying that. I don't think all groups are bad either. And you know, I think there's certain things that are like, I, I don't think that it's a bad thing to be a part of a group necessarily. But where I think it does become a bad thing is when you're like you being a part of this ideology or part of this group or part of this us versus them amplifies and exaggerates the the black and whiteness of like our current social and political and ethical and economical landscape. It it like amplifies the duality. It amplifies the separateness. It like amplifies the us versus them. Um, And I think that that's like pretty common. And I think that's understandable. And I I think, you know, something else that probably causes that to happen even more is that us as humans, we have kind of a tendency to want to like, reject our shadow. Um, And what I mean by shadow, I think it's from Jungian philosophy, but what your shadow is, is basically anything that you feel shame about or parts of yourself that you like kind of want to ignore or push down or you feel shame about or you don't like, you know, don't bring up or entertain. Like what? Like, so some examples would be like, maybe we feel um, shame that our critical thinking skills used to be so weak, you know, so like we stayed in Christianity until we were 45 years old. And we feel shame that our critical thinking skills were really weak. And so now that means that we get really easily triggered by people who don't have good critical thinking skills. Or like, uh, maybe we feel shame that we used to be like staunch Republicans and now we're really triggered by people who support Trump. Or we, we're like feel a big sense of embarrassment that we used to be against homosexuality. And now we're extra triggered and like really, really, really bothered by people who are homophobic. Or maybe we used to be 
like a prude. And so now we get super easily angered by people who can't handle sexuality that, you know, that type of thing. I think there's like, there's parts of us and there's themes and there's ways of thinking that we've picked up. And especially as people who grew up in religion, like we have a lot of these kind of deep rooted thought patterns and stuff that I think it's easy to get like quickly triggered by a Trump supporter or by someone protesting or quickly triggered by this piece of news or whatever. And we don't really know like where that, that like internal anger or that like internal quick reaction is coming from. But I have a feeling that a lot of times the things that trigger us the most are because those are like parts of ourselves that we've, we used to experience or that used to kind of control us or that we're actively trying to push down this and that, you know? So those kind of those two things combined, um, the tendency to want to join into a group along with the tendency to like react strongly and push hard against our shadows, I think takes the opportunity that we have as ex-Christians to see everybody as like just humans and understand that we all believe different things. It, it, it takes that and it makes it kind of hard to maintain that mindset. And it makes it a lot easier to want to just fit into one side or the other of what seems to be a black and white argument. Um, and all of that sounds like kind of hard and negative, but I think that there's like a really simple, the answer to that, that issue is, is really simple. And I, I think really like the solution to this duality and this separateness and the, and the, the like anger we feel against our quote unquote enemies and people we disagree with, we need to always remember that the people we're against have very, in their mind, they have very good reasons to believe what they believe. Just in the, in the exact same way that when you were a Christian five years ago and you were a worship leader at your church and you were evangelizing to people on the street, you had what you believed to be very good reasons to believe what you believed as well. And so I think like keeping that in the very front of your mind seems to be like a major key to me. And it's maybe hard to believe, I guess, like, when when you think about like someone who supports Trump. It's like it's just it's it's down to that thing I mean though that like everybody is like a product of their environment. Mm-hmm. I mean they have the the reason the way they believe and the things they believe, their reasons are because that they're they are them. And they're not you. And you're not them. So you believe what you believe. And it's it's like hard because everybody was subjected. We're all dropped off in this earth where we're dropped off. We didn't choose it. I mean, necessarily, yeah. you know what I mean? We like, we're born where we were born. We just showed up. <laughs> and then we live our life. And yeah. There are families cho- that there's choices we can make us. along the way, but just like we were put in situations and we've reacted to them, how we've reacted and we're where we are now because of what we've done. And mm-hmm. it's like at one, at some point you have to just look at another person and be like, maybe if I was in their shoes, I would be exactly like them. Yeah. And I honestly, I think that's probably true. I, I think anybody, you can look at like some of the, extreme people who went and stormed the Capitol and are like inside the Senate chambers. I honestly think that if, if I was that person and I had lived the life they had lived and been raised by the parents they were raised with and had the friends that they had and read the blogs that they read and were influenced by the ads that they saw, whatever, like the, the sum total of the millions or billions of circumstances that come together to create this person's life. If I would have gone through that like that path that they went through, I probably would be at the Capitol as well, storming the Capitol, you know, and that's not to say that it's right or that that's like moral, 
But I think that at a certain point, that person, like, what else could they do? Have, having gone through those circumstances and being influenced in the way that they're influenced, like, what else, what other choice could they have made? And I think that they, they couldn't have made another choice. You know, that's, that's like what life and combined with their choices had delivered them into that circumstance. And so I feel, and this isn't something I feel like we, either of us, Katie and I, like, totally grasp or like, have totally embodied because it's not like we're walking around completely enlightened, like floating down the sidewalk with a golden light coming from us, like just giving unconditional infinite love to everyone well, that am. we passed. Okay. Katie is, <laughs> I haven't gotten to that point yet, but I, I think it's something that we're kind of both trying to grasp and we're both trying to like actually incorporate into the way that we think and into the way that we see the world and, uh, and understand like these issues that are popping up around us, you mm-hmm. know, as we live. I feel like there's, it's hard because it's like, well, what do you do about it? And it's like, well, the first thing that you need to do is just keep that in your mind. And yeah, it's like, it's, it's hard. It's like hard to do because like you get in a situation where you're annoyed by somebody and then you just immediately forget mm-hmm. that, I like, Hey, I should have some compassion on them. Yeah. Or like, or even just listen to what they have to say. Right. Totally. And like not react because when you react to make other people react and then you can't have a good conversation. Yeah. So it like, shuts it down. It's good to just be the first person to keep it in your brain. Definitely. Because, like, sometimes just being aware of something can make all the difference. Right. Well, so I think one one way that this became even more apparent to me was actually through our book club. Um, last month, we read uh, Beyond Religion by the Dalai Lama. Um, and it was all about, like, creating or a new, a new way of uh, viewing and imagining ethics in a secular world was kind of the idea of the book. Anyways, um in that book, he said that we need to focus on our fundamental equality um, and keep in the forefront of our mind that everybody, literally every person, is seeking pleasure and avoiding suffering. Uh, And if you can keep that in the forefront of your mind, it makes it really hard to hate someone when you see someone else is fundamentally the same as yourself. Like at the very most basic level, every single person is avoiding pleasure. I mean, sorry, avoiding (laughs) suffering and seeking pleasure, you know, and that, that can look a lot of different ways, but like that unites all of us. Um, and I think keeping that in the forefront of your mind is, is probably like step one, you know, to, to like healing the world as a, a whole world. And as a species, I feel like that's like a great first step, but even just personally, like if you want to live your life in such a way where you're more loving towards people and more compassionate and more understanding, like to me, that's something I want to have like burned into my brain, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I really want to practice that. Like you said, because it's, a, it's a good question. You know, you can talk about this, like, well, you shouldn't, we have no reason to hate someone or like those people can't help what they're doing. The obvious first question is like, well, what are we supposed to do about it then? Like just go and sit and meditate and just be quiet. Like, no, I, I feel like that's obviously not, nothing's going to happen doing that either. In one sense, nothing will happen doing that like nothing practical is getting done um but i think that like it's all about taking a step back and realizing that we need to basically become the version of ourselves that we want to see in the world you know what i mean um it's very simple it's kind of about like being learning to be conscious and learning to see yourself in the other person very simple it seems simple. <laughs> no, I know. It's you very know? easily said, but I feel like it's it's 
it's difficult to do. It's difficult. It's, it's a simple concept, but I think it's really difficult to do, especially when you've been conditioned like via religion and via, uh, the state of politics in the U S and everything to like fit yourself into a certain group and see yourself as part of this and not part of that. Um, but I mean, I, th- I think if, if you can get to the point where you can be conscious and you can consistently see yourself in another person, then it will affect everything you do. Like you can go to a protest. Now you can either protest consciously or unconsciously, you know, you can protest out of a place of like love and unity or out of a place of reaction and anger and spite and, and separateness, you know, you can argue with your conservative dad consciously or unconsciously choosing to either see the humanity in him or either choosing to see him as the entity enemy who's like an idiot and who you need to try to win. You can, uh, you can scroll your Instagram feed consciously or unconsciously. And, and depending on the way that you're like interacting with the world, even through your phone, like it's going to have a different effect on you, Mm -hmm. you know, even like your daydreams, your thoughts, you can be conscious or unconscious of your thoughts. I mean, to the extent where you can ask yourself the question, like, are my thoughts about this person or about this event creating more separation between me and them in quotes. Like, I I think we need to remember our brains are incredibly plastic and like science is learning more and more how fluid and plastic and how changeable our brains are. The more like thoughts of separation and the more feelings of separation that you entertain on a daily basis. And maybe that'd be like, because you're scrolling Reddit every morning or you're scrolling your, your Instagram feed the more that you're going to see the world through that filter of separation, you know? So it's, it's like anything. I feel like it's just a long, a long-term practice. You need to ask yourself those questions. Is this action I'm doing perpetuating a sense of duality or is it highlighting our shared humanity? You know, it is like sharing this nasty clickbait headline unifying the world or is it aggravating things and inciting anger and increasing divisiveness and further misunderstanding? You know, I think there's like this simple concept of basically seeing yourself in other people has far reaching implications into like the simplest things that seem maybe unrelated, like scrolling your Instagram or posting a headline or reposting something on Twitter or whatever. But I think like this very simple fundamental core concept of seeing yourself, seeing the humanity and other people can really change the way that you interact with the world, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. If it, yeah. I mean, our brains call the shots. If yeah. you're like thinking in your brain, how much you hate everyone every day. And then you go out on the street or like, or you're commenting to people or texting with your friends, like you're just not going to be in a good mood and you're going to like spread your negative vibes everywhere. Yeah. And like you're going to, I don't know. I feel like, we need to realize how much like people respond to like just a word you say to them. Totally. Or, like think about when you comment to people online, like it probably affects them way more than you think. Yeah. Like any, like, like you can live, you have power in like your words. I mean, that's one of that. That's one of those things in the four agreements is like, be very like, be impeccable with your word yeah. and like, yeah. think about how you literally can like break down or build up a, a person just by saying things. Right. And you're saying one thing and, and, and like the weeks of decisions and thoughts you've been entertaining in your brain are going to form your brain into certain ways that will cause you to react and to respond to certain people in certain ways or, or to say certain things or use certain words. I know. And there's nothing even like woo woo about it. It's just like you, if you're thinking 
if you're thinking and entertaining thoughts of separation constantly via news or via your anger about your political dad or whatever it might be, then like you're seeing the world through that lens. It's, it's changing the way you interact with the world. And in a sense is changing the world that you live in because Mm -hmm. you're essentially living through this filter of a brain that you have. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I like have a lot of moments in my life where I remember someone saying something like really mean to me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, obviously I don't try to dwell on it, but I like remember it or I remember like, and I remember it more than when people said something nice. Yeah. So I feel like it, I don't know. Sometimes I think about that and think like, I better say something good to this person because they could like remember my interaction with yeah. them their entire life. Yeah. Like, well, that's a good you, like, like you can remember just strangers that you've never even met or don't even know what they look like. You can mm-hmm. remember what they've said to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. And so I feel like if our goal as like a humanity is to elevate ourselves, is to become people who are more heart centered and compassionate, who are more, more focused on like unity and seeing our commonalities between each other rather than looking for the things that separate us or looking for things that we disagree with in each other, then our words to each other are the byproduct of that is that our words and our actions to each other are bound to be more loving and more edifying and more unifying. Edifying? Edifying. <laughs> I know. As I was saying it, I'm like, that's a church word. It's, it's a does good anyone word, else use that word that makes, besides church? I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think so. I've ever heard it except. But like we understand. We, okay. Yeah. We, we all, all, we we all, all understand. understand here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I really do think it's it's a practice that we need to commit to, basically, to try to see and amplify the things that unify us. Like, in my mind, what I would like to commit to and what I've been trying to commit to is to just catch myself over and over, you know, catch myself when I'm entertaining thoughts of separation or when I'm feeling like super angry about some headline I'm reading or feeling like uh, irrationally frustrated that my conservative dad can't understand why someone doesn't support Trump or, you know, there's, there's the list is endless. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I am constantly catching myself in those reactions. Um, and I think that I'm trying to see every time I catch myself, I'm trying to see that in itself as a victory. Like, Ooh, yes. Caught myself. That's like one less time that my brain is going to carve out that groove of separation. And it's one more time that my brain is beginning to fire or like create those new neural pathways of unity and, and, um, and, uh, what am I trying to say? Connectedness. Connectedness. Yeah. (laughs) The opposite of separation. Every single time that you catch yourself, it's like, it's slowly changing your brain a little bit at a time. And the idea is that you'll slowly and over time become a better person, become a new person, a person who sees the world in a different way, sees people in a different way, a person who's able to have really hard conversations with people you disagree with because you're not constantly reacting from like this place of ego to the person you disagree with. But now as you're talking with someone, you can see them almost as yourself. You can see the things that connect you. And I I just feel like this seems like such a fundamental, a simple and fundamental concept that in my mind, if I could really grasp it and really practice it and make like a habit out of it, it would completely change the way that I, I move about the world. And on a larger scale, like if we could all do this as a humanity, I feel like the world would improve, like the byproduct of that would be amazing. You know, I think like if we could see Republicans as humans that we're unified with and that at our deepest, most core level, we are the same, 
like that would change the political debate, you know, and maybe it would cool off the the heated two-sided war that's going on. And that, that same principle could be applied to like anything, you know, really, really mm-hmm. anything. And that excites me, you know. I mean, it, could, it needs to be applied to like us viewing Christians. Us and Christians, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like I... On a, theoretic, on a theoretical level, I can say it seems so silly to me to to look at a Christian and say like, oh man, they're so ignorant, like they're so dumb. In a way, I, I see that and I think that because I disagree with their beliefs. But in another way, I'm, I know exactly how a person could believe that. I know what it feels like to believe that. I know that they have reasons to believe what they believe. Whether those reasons are good or not, in my mind, doesn't matter because in their mind, they are good, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like we're all on the same team here. What well, We're all on the same team. We're all trying to be as happy as possible. We're all trying to suffer as little as possible. Like, let's focus on those things. And uh, yeah, I feel like we'll all be better off. So um, in summary, I guess, kind of what I wanted to get across is that I think it's so key for us. And I think that as Christians, we have a better chance, like a better opportunity we're maybe like a few steps closer to being able to actually do this than people who haven't gone through a crazy worldview belief shift like we have. You know, I think that we have an awesome opportunity to start seeing the world in a different way, to start relating to people in a more unified, more compassionate way, because we should be able to relate to people who have crazy beliefs because we used to have crazy beliefs. We know what it feels like to have crazy beliefs. We know that we were still people then. We still loved our families. We weren't evil. We weren't like psychotic. You know, we were just people trying to have the best life. And at the time, that's the way we thought that we were supposed to have our best possible life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, seize that opportunity. Like, like keep that in mind. Keep your, keep yourself humble. Keep it in mind that you've been tricked before. Your beliefs have been wrong before. Like hold your beliefs in an open hand, be willing to have an open mind, be willing to understand other people. Um, yeah, be light, zoom out, see yourself and everyone around you. Um, I think that's a much healthier and more effective way of creating change in the world than like sitting in our safe little camps, throwing angry turds back and forth at each other over Twitter, (laughs) you know? Turds? Turds. (laughs) So. I'm not sure. (laughs) Well, anyways, thanks for listening. It's beautiful. Thanks for all the lovely messages that you've sent us over the break. Uh, Thanks for being a part of our beautiful little community. And we will see you next time.